This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. We're on TSN 1050 from now until noon. We're also on TSN 2. Yes, this is our first radio on TV special of the year. Of course, we are back after many of the major tournaments, the majors themselves, FedEx Cup playoffs, unofficial fifth majors like the Players' Championship, like we just saw, RBC Canadian Open 2. Adam Scully here in studio. Bob Weeks is traveling. He'll be back with us on on Wednesday for our doubleheader, we'll recap the Players' Championship, look ahead to the Valspar Championship, too. We'll also be joined this morning by Lawrence Applebaum, Golf Canada's CEO, good friend of the show as well. Looking forward to catching up with L.A., talking all about the strength of the Canadian game right now. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot of depth right now in the world of golf for Canadians. We'll also chat with Jason Sobel from Action Network and Sirius XM Radio as well. He was there at TPC Sawgrass, where Scotty Scheffler went on to win by five shots. But first, as always, now joining us on the line is Mark Zacchino. Mark, you've been working very, very, very hard in Florida for the last, what, six weeks or so. Do you finally have some time off this week, or are you going to the Valspar too? So, no Valspar Skulls. First off, good morning, buddy. Good Good to chat with you. Yes. Um, No Valspar. So, we're going to move into more of a normal schedule for a couple of weeks before Masters Week. So, this week, I'm just going to do Golf Talk Canada with you, obviously, from Florida once I get resituated. And then off to Casa de Campo to do our, uh, our radio show next week and TV show next week from Casa de Campo. And uh, Casa de Campo, part of our 20 weeks at TaylorMade, which I know we'll get into a little later on in the show. So they're back again with our friends at TaylorMade. Uh, but a little bit of calm before the next storm. And then I will see you in Toronto to be on that master's desk with Lindsay Hamilton for the year's first men's major. So a little bit of a calm before the storm. May actually get to play golf. What a concept. But uh, yeah. What a it's what a crazy major... six weeks, but wow, what a stretch of golf, eh? What a stretch of golf, and I'm happy that you'll be able to to get some golf in uh, as well. I was also just golfing myself. I was in Florida myself. Didn't quite win the men's invitational that we were playing down. So we'll get into that a little later in the show. I got one question. Hold yes. on, I got one question yes. for you. Did you win the transfusion contest? That's what's important. <laughs> I have no content. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, we did not. It was a great event. We'll get into that a little later uh, in the show. But before we dive deep into the Players' Championship, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Okay, Mark. Well, Scotty Scheffler. Gets it done again. A five-shot victory, a commanding win for Scotty Scheffler. That run of five consecutive birdies really put this tournament out of reach for the entire field. How much did you see Scheffler up close this week for PGA Tour Radio, Mark? 
I, I was I saw him quite a bit. Um, not on the final day, unfortunately, uh, but I was in the final group with him and Svensson on uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw quite a bit of Scotty the last few days. So, um, I mean, it's impressive, and I, I got to start asking the question, Adam. Uh, you know, when are we? You know, I know you, Bob, and I kind of put him in the top three with Rom and Rory. We said there's those three guys, and then there's kind of everybody else, and maybe Max Holma is the next guy in line when we say the everybody else group. And I think we kind of all were, were kind of looking at the official World Golf rankings and the, and the game of golf the same way. But I'm not so sure in that top three that you and Bob and I were discussing if we, if any of us had Scotty Scheffler in any other position other than three, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one of us had Rory and then Rom, and then some of us maybe maybe you had Rom and then Rory or vice versa, but Scotty was always that third guy, and w- I'm wondering what is it going to take for this? Like, what does this guy have to do before the golf community collectively recognizes he's likely the best player in the world? I mean, we. I, I mean, love Rory McIlroy, and when Rory's got his A plus game, we know what that looks like. It's ridiculous. But I mean, did you see Rory this week? <laughs> uh, I mean, not not pretty, and that's a whole other conversation. Bob Graham and I sat in that news conference on Tuesday, and Jay Monahan talked talked about what an important leader Rory McIlroy has been on and off the golf course. And let it slip that Rory on Tuesday night was in a seven-hour board of directors meeting. A seven-hour board of directors meeting on one of the most important weeks of the year. So Rory, Rory might be at a point in the road where he, he needs to reevaluate where he puts his time and say, okay, guys, you know, I fought the good fight. I've guided the ship to here against this live thing, and I will continue to do so. But I need to put my time now, you know, maybe where where it matters more on the golf course because seven hours uh, in a board meeting on the week of the players, uh, I, I was like my jaw dropped. And John Rom, who knows, stomach virus, yada yada. I guarantee if John Rom shot sixty seven on Thursday, Adam, he was taking uh, modium and and pegging it up on Friday. Okay, so it's easy to walk away with a stomach uh, virus. When uh, when you shoot a thousand on Thursday, so um, I don't know how you feel about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on when you think the golf world is going to give this guy the credit he deserves. And as we head to Augusta, a few weeks away on Saturday, I got an up close look at this guy's short game around the greens. We all know he's got an incredible short game. It's right up there with Jordan Spieth's. But I got to tell you, off tight lies, this guy might be the best pitcher off the, of the golf ball in tight lies on the planet. He sh- he hit a golf shot on Saturday from in front of ten. Nobody wanted, and I was a, a, to a back right pin, and he almost jarred and left himself two feet underneath the hole. And I was like, the, the first thing I thought of was, that's why he's the favorite at Augusta. That shot right, he doesn't need to hit fifteen greens at Augusta like everybody else, because this guy gets up and down from everywhere. Yeah, you're right about that. And you think to last year's final round when, you know, Scheffler got off to perhaps a bit of a nervy start and he steps up on the third hole after not hitting his best first chip and then he goes on and chips in for birdie, you know, from just off the green playing this low little skitter in there. And he's just 
He's, his game is just so simplified. I mean, even when, when he goes on and takes that lead, yes, he made a bogey on that backside when he hit it way right. I believe it was the 14th hole. He chips back, makes he makes bogey on that hole, but then bounces back in a big way. Even on the 18th hole, he was intentionally missing that fairway by 20, 30, 40 yards. He started laughing after he hit that three-wood off the tee. Then he makes the par. I mean, Scotty Scheffler... It's so much fun to watch. And you think now, Mark, I mean, last year he had that four wins in 42-day stretch. Already has two wins thus far this season. He was one shot out of a playoff last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, too, with the match play two weeks away, defending champion there. I don't know about you, but like he has to be the favorite. Given Rory McIlroy's struggles, especially off the tee, which we'll get into a little later in the show, too. I'm sure John Rahm's stomach virus or whatever illness it is will be fine in two weeks. But Scheffler has to be the favorite at the match play, don't you say? Uh, yeah, right now I think he's got to be the favorite every week at the moment. He's proving that. You know, he, He's already uh, successfully defended one title defense. To your point, almost did it a week ago comes in here, checks off another box on the resume. Because if you're going to be, if you're going to have that, that all-time career with everybody, you, you need this championship. You certainly want the players on the resume. Check that box. I mean, you know, there's something we're not really giving enough credit to, Adam. And you and I had a very, very, very kind of, we kind of danced around this topic later last year. And I was watching Golf Channel earlier this week. I think it was Brandel Shambly, and I've never heard any other media outlet really bring this up. And now they're starting to talk about it on Golf Channel. And I personally am not a religious person. Uh, I'm a, maybe a spiritual person. I believe in you treat people with kindness, you do the right thing, you, you, do, you act in life, you treat people the way you want to be treated, you wake up, you can look at yourself in the mirror in the morning. I don't... I don't deem that to be religious. I just think that's being a kind human being and and try to be the best person. But Scotty Scheffler is a very religious person, Mm -hmm. and he has a ton of faith. And I think his faith might be the best tool he has in his golf bag. This guy truly believes that it is up to God. He verbalized that again this week, and, and Chambly was talking about this on Golf Channel, that he believes he goes out there, He tries his best. He puts in the work so that he can look at himself in the mirror the next day. Who was the last guy on the range Saturday night? It was Scotty Scheffler. But when he gets to the golf course on Sunday and puts the ball on the ground, he truly believes it's the outcome. He has detached himself from the outcome. And what do you and I talk about all the time on things like little putts or pressure under the gun? you got to stick in the process and remove yourself from the outcome because the outcome and, and, the, and the care and the concern about the outcome is what freezes an athlete in pressure. And that's why golf is so hard because golf is like a, like a field goal kicker in, in the NFL. You call the timeout, you freeze them, you make people think about the outcome, you get in their brain. Where so many sports, you don't have the opportunity to do that because you have to react at the speed of light. You got a tennis ball coming at you over 100 miles an hour. You don't have time to think about it. You better hit it. Mm-hmm. You got a 100 mile per hour baseball coming at you. You better hit it. You better swing. Golf's not like that. And Scotty Scheffler gets into battle on Sunday with the true belief. He actually has the true belief and faith that I've done my best. I've put in the work. It's no longer up to me. God has a plan. And I believe that this 
detachment from result is is inc- incredibly beneficial to Scotty Scheffler. I wish, like, I am so envious of that, Adam, because I'm a control freak. I believe that I can control the outcome of everything right. by just, like, willing it and outworking every single human being around me at the time. And that is an exhausting mindset that will chip away at your soul. And I believe it chips away at about 85, 90% of the PGA Tour. And I believe Scotty Scheffler has this rare blend of elite skill set with this faith and this belief system that allows it to come to the forefront. It's, 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 if he can stay in this lane, Adam, wow. I mean, who knows how many ways. Yeah, and we said the same thing last year. You know, after winning the Masters, he thought, when is this guy ever going to lose? And then, you know, he loses in a playoff last year, uh, a little later in the year, comes up just short at the U.S. Open. But the big one last year, Mark, was the Tour Championship, when, of course, he starts that week with the lead, with that staggered leaderboard on the Sunday, doesn't play his best, and now we think, hmm, scar tissue, when is he going to bounce back? Then what's he do in 2023? Already two wins out of the gate. And you mentioned, you know, his beliefs and I, I think that also goes to show his relationship with Ted Scott his caddy of course that Ted Scott same guy who helped Bubba Watson win two Masters titles and similar beliefs there too how much do you think a guy like Ted Scott has helped Scotty Scheffler throughout his career now six wins in less than 400 days uh, on the PGA Tour I think it's got to be huge Adam and I think the to your point with the belief system having similar, you know, uh, family backgrounds and, and, and things of that nature, I think it all lines up. Not just not just Ted Scott's experience on the bag. That's obviously huge where he's been, you know, winning, winning uh, multiple green jackets, yada, yada, yada. You know, like, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. But I think it's those other intangibles that you're talking about, the things that you can't chart on a career checklist, that might be that might be part of the, the tool chest here. And hey, there's no coincidence that Scotty Scheffler was a guy who was learning to be a PGA Tour pro and getting in the mix and got to a Ryder Cup being a bridesmaid. I, I want every you know we this goes you know this this maybe doesn't get enough attention than it deserves. He was a he was a Ryder Cup player whistling straights. And he was never a winner on the PGA Tour. He got there being a top five machine, top ten machine, and a bridesmaid. So no coincidence when the marriage starts with Ted Scott that he goes from that guy to he goes basically from Cameron Young, Will Zalatoris, minus the one win for Will. Mm -hmm. He goes from that guy to number one in the world, six victories. And by the way, he joins... Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, and Justin Thomas now as the, la- as the quickest players in the last, I believe, decade to get to six wins in less than 100 starts. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the companies keeping, and, and I mean, yeah, Ted Scott is a huge part of this, to your point. And you mentioned the company he's keeping. The only two other players ever to hold both the Players' Championship and the Masters at the same time, Tiger Woods 
and Jack Nicholas. So some very strong company there for Scotty Scheffler. And you mentioned that Ryder Cup. He beat John Rahm during the Sunday singles that day, too. And a lot of the talk going into that Ryder Cup, yeah, Scotty Scheffler, the, the 12th man. Were they going to pick Phil Mickelson, who won a major championship that year, of course, at Kiowa Island, then went MIA the rest of the year. But Scotty Scheffler is on quite a run right now. We'll see him next at the match play in a couple of weeks. Mark, on the other side, we'll talk more about TP. Sawgrass, the 17th hole, the closing stretch, and Canadians because three Canadians made the cut and some got in the mix too. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. We're on TSN 1050 until noon as well. Our first radio on TV recap special of 2023, TSN 2 until noon. Mark Skeena joins us on the phone. And Mark, picking up from our conversation in segment one, you know, we recap Scotty Scheffler, the dominant five-shot victory to win the Players' Championship. Back to world number one, takes home a cool $4.5 million. But a lot of talk always about TPC Sawgrass is the closing stretch, is the 17th hole. And we spent a couple, we spent probably five, six minutes on our TV show previewing the Players' Championship last week, looking at not only the 17th hole, but that closing stretch, including 16, 17, and the powerful 18th hole, too. From what you saw this week, just how awesome is this final three-hole stretch in the world of golf? Adam, to just reaffirm what I've always thought, it, it is the greatest stretch the final three, it is the best in all of championship golf. With all due respect to so many great golf courses, uh, I mean, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Now, is it the player's favorite? No. Because, it, you know, that 17th hole, it was 133 yards yesterday. We saw hole-in-ones, and we saw sevens, and we saw twos, and we saw fives. They don't like it. But from a championship perspective, creating amazing theater, great television, fantastic radio, more volatility in, in a three-hole stretch than anywhere else on the PGA Tour. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just tremendous, and it did exactly its job yesterday. And we'll get into this a little bit more in Winners Weird and What. Um, but those three holes are absolutely uh, spectacular, and they all give the player something different right they they've 16 an opportunity to you know put up a three or four and, and get a few back uh but it also makes the player press there at 16 because if you're not going to make three or four you really feel like you're going to give some away to the field and that's when the big number comes in that's the volatility 17 was 133 yards yesterday and guys shaking in their boots aiming in the middle of the green i mean if you were to put take the water out and just put grass around that 17th. I bet you the proximity of the hole on average would be 15 feet all day and the guys would be knocking in twos. But instead, 
we're seeing everything. And then 18 might be certainly top top three hardest closing holes on the PGA Tour, that, that 18th hole. Um, it was absolutely tremendous. And uh, for me, it, again, it just reaffirmed what I already thought. Well, and you mentioned the 17th hole, and it got breezy on Sunday afternoon. And when Scotty Scheffler was waiting in the fairway on the 16th hole, he looked over, and the group behind him, both players hit it in the water. So he has a five-shot lead, making that long walk by 16 green all the way to 17. That tournament wasn't over yet. We saw players make nines, eights, quads, triples, the works. But that's the beauty of that hole, Mark. And I I know players don't love the position of it, where it is on the golf course itself. But as a viewer, it's it's nonstop drama. This guy is a five-shot lead, and the tournament wasn't over. And he's playing the 71st hole. That's what I really love about TPC Sawgrass, don't you say? You're a thousand percent right, Adam. I was there on Friday with Chad Ramey when he was the <laughs> tournament leader. And, you know, he made a seven there. It was just unraveling, and he couldn't believe it. The look on his face, he's like, how do I keep knocking it in the water? How am I making seven here? And sure enough, he was tumbling down the leaderboard. And he fought out the weekend and actually had a nice finish, but he never sniffed the lead of that golf tournament ever again. That was on a Friday afternoon. But to your point yesterday, you've got Cam Davis and Tommy Fleetwood making a mess of 17, right in front of Scotty Scheffler. He gets to the tee. They're not off the green yet. They're still stick handling on the green. <laughs> He's got to wait and watch that. Minwoo Lee makes birdie on 16. He's ha- He has the honors. And what does Minwoo Lee do after watching the stick handling? He decides to you know, take a, have a picnic before he hits his tee shot. I mean... He backed off seven times and I and basically uh, read a couple chapters of a book before he pulled the trigger there on 17. If I was Scotty Shuffler, I, I mean, I would have been losing my mind having to stare at that tee shot for as long as he was forced to stare at it. And I would have been too happy with Min Woo Lee as my playing partner at that point. I mean, I don't think Min Woo Lee was doing it intentionally, by the way. I don't think this was Seve Ballesteros' gamemanship, but it still doesn't make it any less irritating if you're Scotty Shuffler. But you're right. That's what's brilliant about it. The players can complain about it all they want, and they can whine about it all they want because where it is in the tournament. But to your point, Adam, five-shot lead and the tournament wasn't over yet, and Pete Dye is simply asking the best player in the world, if you want to win a golf tournament, you got to hit a 130-yard shot on the land. That's what I'm asking you as the best player in the world to control your nerves. And you can whine about it all you want, or you can be Scotty Scheffler, and say, I've put in all the hours, I've put in all the work, and it's not up to me anymore. It's up to a, su- a supreme being, and I'm just going to aim at my target. And he literally hit that tee shot on 17, Adam. I guarantee you within three to five feet of exactly where he was aiming on 17. I mean, he didn't, he didn't take, yes, did he take the fat side of the flag? Of course. But he didn't bail out to the center of the green. He, he hit it to the feeder slope exactly where he was aimed in in that situation like unbelievable 
The T-shot on 18 was hilarious, though. That was funny. <laughs> that, that was funny. And, and you, you think back to, you know, they were showing on the telecast because there was a, a weather delay on Friday when when Rory McIlroy won four years ago, just hitting a towering drive on the 72nd hole with driver. When Justin Thomas won back in 2021, he hit that slinging three-wood that barely stayed on land. But even Scheffler with a five-shot lead, bails way, way right, goes on to win. And it was interesting on 17 because generally on a par three, Maybe you don't like going first and being the guinea pig, so to speak, in terms in terms of seeing where the wind is going because it was swirling in a big way. But Minwoo Lee hits it to what five six feet. Scheffler discipline hits the green, goes on to win. Now we'll have more on the Canadian story uh, a little later in the show. Svensson and Hadwin both finishing T thirteen. Well, Mark, that's all for you for now. What I want you to do: maybe go have a coffee, go have a workout, do some squats, some visualization, anything you want to do. And you're going to come back on the show in about 45 minutes. We'll talk about some of the other storylines from TPC Sawgrass. Rory McIlroy missing the cut. John Rahm withdrawing. And we'll get back into the Canadian story. Mark, thanks for joining. And we'll talk to you in about 45 minutes or so. Thanks, Scully. Talk to you in hour two, buddy. Okay, we'll talk to Mark in hour two. Now, speaking of the Canadian story, on the other side, we're going to go one-on-one with Golf Canada CEO Lawrence Applebaum. We'll talk all about the strength of the Canadian game right now. We'll also discuss the RBC Canadian Open because, of course, this is not a designated event, and we know that we've had a great field the last couple of years at the RBC Canadian Open. What can we expect this year? We'll discuss that and much more with Lawrence Applebaum next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. We're on TSN 1050 until noon. And this is our first radio on TV show of 2023 up until noon on TSN 2 and that's the case for a lot of the major events of the year whether it's the major championships in the men's game whether it's the FedEx Cup playoffs whether it's the RBC Canadian Open and whether of course it's like this Monday the Players Championship where Scotty Scheffler goes on and wins by five shots. Now joining us on the line good friend of the show Golf Canada CEO Lawrence Applebaum LA good to chat with you my friend how are you this morning? Oh, great, Adam. Great and uh, exciting to be on Radio 4 TV on this Monday morning. Yes, it's uh, good to chat with you. Looking forward to discussing a lot here uh, in the world of golf for Canada because right now we have to love the strength in numbers uh, for Canadians in the world of golf right now. It seems, L.A., every week on the professional stage, there's a Canadian in the mix. What do you think about this? How awesome is this right now? Yeah, the the players was uh, just another great week for uh, our Canadian team to to show up in in really outstanding numbers. You know, Adam, we had six guys teeing it up uh, this week at TPC Sawgrass, and and I think the interesting thing that we're so pleased and proud of for for all of our golfers that 
they're also on leaderboards, you know, and, and seeing Adam Senson, who's one of the great Team Canada alum, uh, with the 36-hole lead, both he and Adam Hadwin uh, finishing it tied for 13th together. It was a really, really special week, especially for Adam because he's had such a good year with that win, but also Adam Hadwin uh, showing what great form he has had of late and then coming into the event next week where he's uh, he's a returning champion, which is, is really a, a special tournament out in, uh, out in Tampa at the Valspar Championship. Yeah, and a really cool thing about this, too, is that it seems all the Canadians have a great relationship to off the golf course. Bob Weeks put a tweet out earlier this week where after each of the rounds, before they started doing their one-on-one interviews, the Canadians want to know, hey, how did Hadwin do? Hey, how did Pendrith do? Hey, how did Connors do? And I recall last year, Lawrence, too, when uh, the RBC Canadian Open final round, Brooke Henderson won that same day on the LPGA Tour, and everyone wanted to know. I remember Bob was doing a one-on-one with Corey Connors. He wanted to know how Brooke was doing and congratulated her on her victory. So it's great, too, that all these Canadians are excelling on the golf course, but also have great relationships off the golf course, too. Yeah, I, I think in our in our building, uh, Golf House, we have one of the my favorite photos, which is a, a 14-year-old Corey Connors and probably about an 11-year-old Brooke Henderson um, in their Team Canada gear and playing at an event together. And, and all of them have a ton of uh, camaraderie, support, respect uh, between the, the our female pros and our male pros. But also, as you said, Adam, uh, some of the magic of being a professional athlete and a, and a particular professional golfer is everything that kind of goes on maybe outside uh, the ropes and outside the field of play. And they have people to be with. They have good teams around them. They, 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 can, they can lean on each other for support. And then you get to a week like at the players and you see four of them playing a practice round together and so loose and so uh, focused on on the task at hand. You know, they're teaching each other, they're leaning on each other and and also having uh, our national team coach out there, Derek Ingram, who also works with both uh, Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors. uh, It's really special. And and I think um, each week it's exciting to look up and follow a Canadian flag, and, and uh, we're very proud of all of them. They're, they're having amazing success right now. And on the PGA Tour, four Canadians inside the top 50 in the FedEx Cup standings. That is very impressive to see. Now, we've mentioned Brooke Henderson, too. And, of course, what does she do? She goes on and wins her first start of 2023. She is so amazing to watch. How impressed have you been on Brooke Henderson's continuing success on the LPGA Tour? Well, I, I think it, it's such a phenomenal athlete, and uh, in Brooke that you see, um, she 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 went through, uh, she had a great off season, and then she comes out and wins her first event, which was a, a really special event in um, in Florida, the Hilton Grand Vacations, and then you know she's about to she was about to tip it off in about two weeks uh, in Arizona at the next event. And what we're looking forward to is, is seeing what's in the pipeline, Adam. It's, it's really exciting that the competitive fabric in the game, and, and sometimes um, it's one of the things our, our team Canada, or our high-performance team really works on, is giving all these young uh, talents and these young golfers these opportunities to play competitive golf, uh, to, to experience the... Uh, every stair step along the way, you know, along with our national team coaches, our program, we have this lofty goal of having 
30 Canadians on the PGA and LPGA tour by 2032. And that, that's about double of what we have today. So uh, as we often will say, and uh, you'll hear Kevin Blue, our chief sport officer, say, you know, we know these humans exist. And now we're going to work with our coaches and training and processes to, to get these people on the tour because it's a, it's, a, it's a source of pride for everyone who plays the game to see uh, our men and women, our boys and girls playing so well on an international stage. It really is. We're in conversation with Golf Canada's CEO, Lawrence Applebaum. And that's where I was just going because, you know, we're seeing the strength in numbers here on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour coming up. You mentioned uh, Kevin Blue's, what, what he was saying about getting 30 players on PGA, LPGA by 2032. So what other strategies uh, are in the works right now for Golf Canada to, to make that happen, to, to try to make that happen to achieve this lofty goal? Well, one of the things maybe at the top of the game, we've talked about our great Canadians on the on the golf course, on the professional stage today, but one of the things that we have in both our amazing professional championships, the RBC Canadian Open, which will be at Oakdale Golf and Country Club in June, and then our CP Women's Open, which will be at Shaughnessy Golf Club at the end of August, these uh, end up being the first chance that our almost pros or top amateurs get a chance to 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 play on the professional stage every one of the players i'll talk about it with them whether it's elena sharp or mackenzie hughes and talk about the first time they got a chance to play pro golf as an amateur um it didn't always go perfectly uh, as you can imagine it's a bit nervy with uh seeing huge crowds and going around because they're they're so well supported but these professional championships end up being such a great part uh, of the game of golf, and unlike any other sport, you know you wouldn't see uh, you know you wouldn't see a top junior or a, a top player from the amateur hockey uh, be able to suit up with the Leafs or or any other team. But in golf, we get this opportunity, and so we're we're very blessed uh, as a national sport federation to run these two events, to get these exemptions, to get them out. That also being said, Adam, it's like the fabric of uh, our almost 2,300 golf courses across the country, uh, these golf courses provide training, playing, uh, opportunities for, for kids at every level to, to learn the game, grow the game, get, get, get bitten by the bug, as I know all of us are, and then go on to see what they can do at a provincial level and then, and then eventually at a national and international level. So we've got lots going on, Adam. It's, um, it's, a, it's an extremely exciting time, even though uh, we're looking out at a, a, a white blanket of snow right now. We're all, we're all sort of chomping at the bit to, to get out there and play. Yeah, we certainly are. But, I mean, the first telltale sign that golf season in the GTA in Canada is just around the corner is the clock changing. So the clocks have now changed. It's now lighter later. So you love to see and hear that. Now, L.A., you mentioned the RBC Canadian Open. You mentioned the CP Women's Open, both going on later this year, both very, very, very successful back in 2022 and, of course, years previous. What's your excitement level for both of these tournaments overall later this season? Yeah, well, we're, we're, we've got we've got really we've got a, a lot of great indicators and a lot of great news coming ahead for both events. Um, maybe I'll, I'll I'll talk about the RBC Canadian Open. Um, you know, we're really uh, enthralled about uh, the prospect of our defending champion Rory McIlroy making a, a, a you know two-time champion making a return um, uh, 
to Oakdale Golf and Country Club. We are we have seen that our great partners at, at RBC have been so successful in finding some of the great stars of the game to round out Team RBC. Uh, Sam Burns, Cameron Young, both of them had really great weeks uh, at the players. And then uh, the the uh, Netflix uh, star from Full Swing, Sahith Degala, uh, uh, you know, he didn't have the greatest week at the players, but following him around and seeing the kind of fan support that uh, this, this young player has had, uh, of course, with all the Canadians who, who mention it all the time, how great the reception is. On the commercial side, Adam, um, we will have in the coming weeks uh, a pretty exciting announcement about um, the RBCX Concert Series uh, mm-hmm. announcements. We will have an amazing golf course at Oakdale Country Club, which is a, a composite course. You know, a, a bespoke 18 holes out of their beautiful 27 holes that no one's played before, which will be exciting. And then uh, we're almost sold out. You know, pro-ams are sold out. Hospitality is almost sold out. And, and ticket sales are going well. So all in all, Adam, the RBC Canadian Open is shaping up to be an amazing event that we launch. You know, our tagline is Summer's Open. And uh, you say, you know, clock's changing. Um, for spring, we say it's the RBC Canadian Open for um, for, for the summer being open. Um, and then on the CP Women's Open side, you know, there's no bigger star uh, in golf uh, than Brooke. And Brooke's going to make her way out to Shaughnessy. Uh, our amazing partners at CP, Canadian Pacific, uh, continue to support uh women's professional golf and women's amateur golf in a way unlike seen anywhere. Um, Shaughnessy, for those of you who might know it a little bit, is one of the most gorgeous golf courses we have in our country, and uh, it'll show off great with a couple of the the coastal holes that we love to finish on on 17 and a little bit of 18. Um, So all all things, all indicators, Adam, are going great. I I know that our, our, our partners at TSN are planning some really special things. Uh, rink holes uh, on the golf course, getting people to uh, test their hands. And Adam, we can't wait to have you at it both. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. And you know, hopefully this time around, we're, we're not, we are, or maybe we're not live on the air as you're standing over a tee shot. And I remember when you told me that you could hear me say, "I don't like this club for him right now." As you, as you, have, you were teeing up the hybrid <laughs> on the rink hole last year. What do you remember about that? Well, you know, you didn't think hybrid from 105 yards is such a great play, but no. Uh, all, 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 all joking aside, Adam, remember it was, it was 196 yards, yep. and uh, and uh, I, I would say that it, it wasn't, you know, wasn't in totality the greatest day for me on the golf course. I, I had uh, I had Brian Hayes and uh, and the O dog Jeff O'Neill uh, with me, and and. And both of them were, were playing really well. But I did have my shot of the day with you uh, in my head. And that was probably my crowning moment for, for, for the week that I could go back on. So so thank you for reminding me that, you know, under the gun, I might still have it once in a while. You know? <laughs> and, and, and we'll get into us golfing together in a couple minutes here. Uh, we're in conversation with Golf Canada CEO Lawrence Applebaum. And at L.A., I have to ask you, because, you know, many Canadian fans tuning in to Golf Talk Canada, you know, they've seen these designated events and they're seeing this the strength the fields in these events and that they're thinking hey you know what the rbc canadian open isn't a designated event what can we expect commissioner jay monahan spoke with our bob weeks earlier at tbc saga 
progress. And he said the following, the RBC Canadian Open is fundamental to the PGA Tour schedule and is an, a great part of the schedule too. Given this this uh, LA is still the week before the US Open, the RBC Canadian Open, that is. How optimistic are you about a great field showing up at Oakdale later this summer? Yeah, I appreciate the question, Adam. Um, I would say a couple things. First of all, the, the designated events that we've seen so far have been awesome. You know, everything from the Sentry to the, to the Genesis to Waste Management. Um, have been all really amazing. To Arnold Palmer have been really great. You know, seeing the quality of the the stars playing has been awesome. So I'm really pleased to see that. But the PGA Tour has been, you know, an incredible partner for this event. And everything that they do, you know, Jay would say it both in press and he met with 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 our team and myself a number of times. And they think about the RBC Canadian Open. They think about uh, how successful it's been and how they can support that. They think about how important the Canadian golf market is to the PGA Tour. So the, the last point is that our event is, um, you know, a full field, historical, 144 players, uh, national championship. It's an open championship. And so for the, for the core golfers, all of us that recognize uh, – you know, an open championship. You got to qualify your way in. Uh, you can, you can, you know, we have a bunch of different ways that you can get into the tournament. Um, that, that probably, it, it, you know, is one of the greatest things about our event, and we, we appreciate that DNA of, of running this event for 117 years. You know, there are some challenges this year with uh, our event uh, being the week before a U.S. Open, which will be on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's going to be at L.A. Country Club. But we, we feel really confident that we will be able to put a platform together that will be a dynamite uh, presentation of golf, of, of a food experience, of a music experience, of a, of a sports and entertainment property. And I think the compelling golfers that you will see will be amazing to all golf fans so i i like where we are and, and jay's comment you know the one thing about where we are in the segment of the season is these players are trying so hard to continue to be top 50 on the fedex playoffs mm-hmm. and that is the key and so people will play and they'll play well and uh so we're, we're, we we can't say enough about how excited we are adam and and uh and looking forward to an amazing summer of golf in Canada. And of course, having been at the last couple, you know, the atmosphere has been amazing. I, I still think back to, we, we were shooting or taping a live, no, we were doing, it was a live hit, it was James Duffy, it was Bob Weeks, it was Graham Dillette, and we had, there were probably a thousand fans behind, and I couldn't hear what our hosts were saying. I was producing the hit. I, I couldn't hear what they were saying because it was so loud behind them. Of course, we remember the, the raucous uh, atmosphere too with Rory McIlroy walking up the 70s second hole at St. George's with Justin Thomas and Tony Finau. So much to be excited for. But L.A., before we let you go, I have a bit of a, po- a bone to pick with you because we haven't played golf in a little while, man. Like, what, what's, what's going on with this? Well, you can only say this is just dodging. You know, I'm just dodging. <laughs> I'm, just, I just, I'm just not sure. I've seen some of your posts. I've seen how you're hitting the ball. And so, you know, what I'll say is I, I'm spending a lot of time in our uh, in our foresight simulator uh, and and really trying to get my game ready for you. So okay. we'll make it happen in the spring. Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll have to have you to, to bathe you uh, early in the year and looking forward to that. L.A., thanks so much for your time this morning. Great to chat with you, my friend, and we'll talk to you again down the road. 
Okay, thanks, Adam. All the best. That was Lawrence Applebaum, Golf Canada CEO. I, you know, I have had a chance to golf with LA a couple of times. He's got a good move on it, I gotta say. It's a nice buttery cut out there, and it's been a while since I've played with Lawrence Applebaum. Looking forward to doing that sometime very soon. On the other side, we'll tee up hour two and maybe a little teaser on 20 weeks of TaylorMade because it is coming back in a big way. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio on TSN 1050. And you can watch us on TSN 2 as well. This is our first radio on TV recap special of 2023. We're on after all of the biggest events in the world of golf and the major championships, FedEx Cup playoffs, Players' Championship and the RBC Canadian Open too. Great to catch up with Lawrence Applebaum, Golf Canada CEO. We'll also play some of that interview if you missed it on our social media channels and as well on our Wednesday TV show where we'll continue to recap the Players' Championship and look ahead to the Valspar Championship too, a course where Canadian Adam Hadwin got his lone PGA Tour victory. So awesome to see that looking forward to that too now we haven't mentioned this as well but last week at the players championship was also a big one for us because every week on gtc we make our tsn edge picks and we got another winner bob weeks had scotty scheffler on his edge team he had the second shortest odds to win the tournament at 10 to 1 bob had him on his team and bob is now leading our TSN Edge PGA Tour Wraparound Season Leaderboard. He has four victories. Mark has three. Well, I have two. Now, a big thing now we always do with Golf Talk Canada during the summer months is 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Now, we gave a little teaser during our TV show last Wednesday. And coming up this Wednesday, we'll tell you how you can get involved this season with 20 weeks of TaylorMade. If you thought 2022 was big, Look out, because 2023 is going to be a whole lot bigger. Can't wait to get this going and see all the reaction that we'll get on our social media channels and the prizes that we'll be giving away. You're definitely going to love them. Coming up on the other side, we're going to have a conversation with Jason Sobel from Action Network and Sirius XM. He was there at TPC Sawgrass in the Players' Championship. Plus, Mark Sakino will join the show again. We'll discuss the Canadians who had a great week but came up just short and some of the other main storylines from the Players' Championship, including Tom Hoagie setting a new course record at TPC Sawgrass. Plus, winners, weird, and what. All that and more coming up on Hour 2 right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.
This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the second nine, right here on GTC. Adam Scully here in studio. It's our first radio on TV recap special of 2023. We're on after all of the biggest events in the world of golf, one of those being the unofficial fifth major, the Players' Championship. For much more on the Players' Championship and Scotty Scheffler getting it done, another victory on the PGA Tour. Now joining us is Jason Sobel from Action. Network and Sirius PGA Tour, Sirius XM PGA Tour as well. Jason, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Okay, so you were there at TBC Sawgrass. You saw Scotty Scheffler get it done, a five-shot victory. How impressed were you uh, about Scotty Scheffler getting it done yet again on the PGA Tour? So what we've seen from Scotty in many of his victories now, he's got six of them over the last 13 months. It dates back to 27 starts. But uh, what we've seen from Scotty is a pattern for essentially putting a sleeper hold on the rest of the field. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's doing it in, and I hate making the Tiger comparison, but he's doing it in Tiger-like fashion, which is I'm going to get a little bit of a lead, then I'm going to give you the Heisman stiff arm, and I'm going to push everybody else away. And by the time we get to the back nine on Sunday, everybody watching at home, go take a nap because this thing is essentially over. And that's so impressive for Scotty Scheffler to be able to do that, to not just win these golf tournaments, but to win them going away, to win them without any drama, without any kind of sweat. And he's won now on such different styles of golf courses, too. I mean, this is not a guy who only wins in Florida, or only wins on the West Coast, or only wins in easier conditions or tougher conditions. He's won, uh, he's won five different tournaments, six times now, on five completely different golf courses, and uh, to me, that's maybe the most impressive part of it. Well, and you look ahead now, too, and his next two starts are going to be the match play and the Masters, and hey, guess what? He's the defending champion at both of these tournaments. What are yeah. your expectations for Scotty? Is he going to stay robotic and, and you know keep his winning ways going here? Uh, yeah, obviously the recency bias is going to get a hold of all of us because going into this past week, we were collectively thinking, well, John Rahm's the best player in the world. He's won three times already this year, and Rory McIlroy isn't that far off, and maybe Scotty Scheffler, even though he won in Phoenix last month, and he was close at Bay Hill a couple of weeks ago, he's maybe just a slight notch below them, and of course, now Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship, and collectively, we will all say, well, he's number one in the world, he's the best player, John Rahm's got a tummy ache, Rory McIlroy can't make a cut at TBC Sawgrass, and so now we're all looking towards Scotty Scheffler as, uh, look, it's his world and everybody else is just living in it. These things can change very, very quickly. But all of that said, I just don't see a way. And, and we just talked about he successfully defended in Phoenix this year. He came very close at Bay Hill. Obviously, 
when he likes a place, he really likes it. So uh, there's no telling the kind of damage he can do uh, at the match play and at the Masters especially now that he's playing some good golf once again. And he's now just the third player to ever hold both the PG, uh, the Players' Championship and the Masters at the same time, joining very elite company in Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus with that stat. Uh, but Jason, uh, looking ahead now, you also do a lot of work uh, in terms of betting, fantasy, that sort of thing with Action Network. And right now on FanDuel, the three betting co-favorites at the Masters, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, all plus 850. Then there's, you know, other guys starting up plus 1700 Cameron Smith Jordan Spieth etc so I'll put you on the spot here I know we said recency bias we know Scotty Scheffler just won but you know plus 850 for Rom Rory Scheffler who do you like at Augusta 24 days away hard to believe it's only 24 days away I know I can't believe it's coming up that quickly (laughs) first of all I will say the books are essentially throwing up their arms going, I, I don't know, last week Ron was the best, the week before Rory's the best, <laughs> now Scotty's the best. Well, how about we just make them all the same number yep. and you guys figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what they're doing right now, which makes sense. I, I'm not blaming them whatsoever. As far as who I like the most at Augusta, it's, it's probably still John Rahm. I think there's a lot of scar tissue for Rory McIlroy, who needs to get over just the mental hurdles of playing his best golf at Augusta. We saw him finish in second place last year, but that was sort of coming from a place where he really couldn't go catch Scotty Scheffler. And uh, it seems like we've seen that story before from Rory essentially play himself out of contention, then play so well at the end that it seemed like he was in contention. When we go back and look at the Wikipedia page later, uh, Scotty Scheffler, obviously the defending champion, but so many demands on his time, still trying to sort of chase what he did last year. I think he'll play very well. Uh, it's really hard to repeat anywhere, and it's even harder to repeat at Augusta. Very few have done that over the years. So give me John Rahm, who uh, I will still maintain is the quote-unquote best player in the world right now, whatever that means. And, and I've always struggled with what that means. Does that mean, does that mean who's played the best over the last year? Who's played the best over the last six months? Who's who played the best last week, or who would play the best over the next year moving forward. I I don't know. I don't have a great answer to it, but I'm still picking Rahm as sort of my my favorite uh, of the three, and I'll take him at Augusta right now. But quite frankly, uh, we look at that big three right now, and we look at it just as those players, but I will not be surprised if at some point in the next few months we say there's a big four with Justin Thomas or a big five with – Colin Morikawa or a big six with Patrick Cantley. There's so many other really good players out there right now that I think we're a little focused on the top three. And at some point, that differential between them and the rest of the top tier isn't going to be as much as it seems right now. Yeah, you mentioned the top tier in the official World Golf rankings, and right now it seems to be a revolving door about who's going to be number one that week, who is going to step up and win a big tournament to move to number one. Now, we're also familiar in seeing you know players having that number one top ranking in the world for quite some time. Obviously, Tiger Woods, you know, think of him, you think of Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, etc. Do you think it's, it's good for the game of golf, both as a viewer and someone covering it, to have that revolving door at World number one so we've had this discussion for years i think it was great for the game of golf i think it'd be impossible to argue otherwise when we had one dominant player who everybody wanted to watch on tv every week that of course was for many years tiger woods i think the game is better as a an entertainment product i think it's better for the fans who are going to watch every single week 
when there's more parity at the top, when we have no idea on a given week, whether it's Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm or Rory McIlroy or another player, who's going to play their best golf, and we have so many options like we will going into the year's first major next month. That said, I think for the sake of the masses, for the sake of, you know, hey, is, is Grandma going to tune into the back nine on Sunday, even though she doesn't really like golf? Well, they all did when they wanted to watch Tiger Woods. I think if we had one of those players who was dominating, and especially if that player was Rory McIlroy, who seems to have a, a more dynamic personality, a little more polarizing than a John Rahm or a Scotty Scheffler, uh, even a Jordan Speed, if he was dominating, I think more non-golf diehard fans would flock to the game to watch those players and watch greatness. That said, I, I think it's a better product right now, what we have, for the people who are going to watch no matter what. Well, and for all those years, the guy who was number one was Tiger Woods. And we didn't see Tiger at TPC Sawgrass. We saw him at Riviera. And another very inspiring performance to show up to make the cut where, you know, his body is basically band-aided together at this point. We will see him at the Masters. First of all, Jason, just how impressive was Tiger in your mind at Genesis? And, I mean, what can we expect at the Masters? I'm hoping personally that it's a hot week in terms of the warmth, the temperature, at Augusta National because the last few times we've seen Tiger play, it's been cold, and that's not good for not only his back but his ankle and leg too. I, I like the fact that Tiger is playing this limited schedule. I had thought a few weeks prior to the Players' Championship that we would see him there, but I, I sort of like for his prospects the fact that he's only playing a few events so he can really focus and gear up for those events, I know a lot of people say, well, he's not getting the reps. He's not getting the competitive juices flowing as much as some other players. But I think he's had that going for the last quarter century anyway. I'm not sure he necessarily needs to get that. And quite frankly, he can't get that anymore. He can only practice at a limited uh, basis, and he can only play so many events because it takes such a toll on his body on a daily basis. But uh, there's no reason to think that Tiger can't play well at Augusta once again, he had the swing speed going at the Genesis. He was hitting it past uh, his playing partners, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, over the first couple of days. The irons look really good. I, look, he knows where uh, where the breaks in every green are at Augusta National, so he knows how to read those greens and uh, can roll some putts in there. Uh, do I think he's going to win the golf tournament? It would be a hell of a story. No, I don't think he's going to win. But do I think he's going to make the cut? Do I think we'll watch him for four days? Do I think he'll have a good, solid week? Yeah, I really do. It's, it's crazy to think how much this guy has accomplished and all the injuries and everything his body has gone through wear and tear, but he continues to amaze uh, on a constant basis. Now, Jason, before we let you go, I want to stay on this Masters conversation because, you know, a big story in the world of golf has been disruption in terms of live golf. And this year, 24 days away, or I guess less than that now, we're going to see the Champions Dinner at the Masters. How much would you like to be a fly on the wall for maybe some of the, the awkward conversations that would go on that night of the Champions Dinner? some guys who are now playing on live versus some of the players still on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I'd buy a ticket for that. <laughs> depends what Scotty's serving, but I, I have a feeling that dinner will be pretty good. So, yeah, I, 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 I'd show up, I guess. Uh, yeah, look, that's going to be uh, gonna be very, very interesting. I, I tend to think, I mean, look, these guys are professionals. They know each other. Everyone's kind of talked it out. Maybe it's one of the older players who hasn't had a chance to sort of speak his piece about live golf and will – 
pull a Cameron Smith or a Dustin Johnson or a Bubba Watson aside, and there are a whole bunch of live players who will be there, uh, like you said. And so uh, they might have to, you know, give them a little piece of their mind. But for the most part, uh, look, it's Augusta National. These guys have been champions. I think it will be pretty civil. Uh, I don't expect um, I don't expect too, uh, too much uh, uh, consternation uh, amongst them. Did I, by the way, did I just throw Cameron Smith in there as a Masters champion being at the Champions <laughs> Center? I, I may have. Uh, that may be a Freudian slip right there. He's won some other big events. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he gets there this year. That'd be a hell of a story as well. It really would be. It's uh, Regardless, it's going to be must-see TV, the Masters, 24 days away. Jason, I uh, really appreciate your time this morning. I know you're a very busy man. Love following your work. All the best you're going forward. Thanks so much. Be wrong. I'm not busy at all. <laughs> That is Jason Sobel from Action Network, Sirius XM PGA Tour as well. A great follow on social media to at Jason Sobel, uh, T-A-N on Twitter. On the other side, Mark Sakino is going to rejoin the show. We'll talk about some of the other major storylines from the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, from holes in one at the 17th hole, from course records being broken, uh, to the Canadians, who also got in the mix to Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson, both finishing tie for 13th. We'll discuss that and much more with Mark Sakino next. This. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio or on TSN 1050. And you can watch us as well on TSN Two. Thanks again to Lawrence Applebaum from Golf Canada and Jason Sobel as well for joining us on the show this morning. Now on the line again, he's back after about 45-50 minutes. Mark Skino rejoining us here on GTC. Mark, did you get a coffee? Did you do some body squats, some sprints perhaps? Maybe a nap? What did you do uh, during that time off? <laughs> More coffee, Adam. I gotta be honest with you. You know, I was I started my stack system again because oh. I wanted to get ready for this season. I wanted to get back to where I was at the end of last season, and I'm not. I'm a couple of miles per hour slower than I was at the end of last season. But I've had no time. Yeah, I mean, it's been nuts. I've been doing the only exercise I'm getting is I'm doing about fifteen thousand steps a day for PGA okay. Tour radio the last two weeks, and you know it's good for you. And I'm outside and I'm working, so I'm not complaining. But there is, there's been no time to do anything else. So this week, I think the, the problem is I, I got to reach out to the, the guys over there and go, is it worth me starting it and then stopping it? Mm. Because in about two weeks, I can actually get the time necessary to get back on it every day. So I think I'm just going to lay low, deal with a few miles per hour slower. What's the big deal? 
Yeah. He's got a putt better, right? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the, that's the excuse for everyone. But, you know, you mentioned ball speed there and swing speed. And I want to talk about some of the other notables at the Players' Championship who came up short. And starting in terms of ball speed and speed overall, Minwoo Lee. Holy Toledo, that guy can swing the club quickly. My goodness, ball speeds of over 100 mile, 190 miles per hour with driver, nearly 20 miles per hour faster than the average PGA Tour uh, player in terms of driver distance. Um, what were your thoughts on what you saw from Minwoo Lee overall this week at TBC Sawgrass? Uh, I thought it was insane, Adam, and he's not a like he's not a big guy yeah. either. I mean, but I, I don't know if he had a chance to see any of his uh, of the bits they did on his swing in slow motion. Mm-hmm. That is the most athletic lower body move I think I've ever seen. The only lower body move that that I think comes close athletically was uh, Joaquin Neiman's use of the ground. When Joaquin Neiman gets into that squat with those wide thighs and pushes off, I always thought, like, holy crap, Joaquin Neiman. This is is just as athletic as that. It may be more violent, violent in the sense that uh, Minwoo Lee's not into that low, wide squat. He's leaping off the ground, and it's, and he's so far, I mean, he is violently clearing his left side, and I can't believe how far back he is, Adam, on his right leg. Like, I, you know, I grew up in an era where you would transfer your weight from, yeah, as a right-handed golfer, you would transfer your weight from your right side to your left side. And, and there was a, a lot more lateral movement in the golf swing. You know, not swaying, not getting on the outside of your feet, but lateral movement uh, within the inside of your feet. This modern-day golf swing, this Minwoo Lee move, is the extreme degree of the modern golf swing. He is just ripping his left hip out of the way and leaping off the ground and almost twisting off that back foot. It's ridiculous, and the ball speeds are crazy. Um you know, I, I'm certainly incapable. I'm never going to be able to make that move. 99.9% of our audience is never going to be able to make that move. I mean, this is crazy. But but I would I suggest everybody go find this on social media, find this on YouTube, check it out. If you can find this thing in slow motion, it is it is crazy to watch. And I think he's going to be around for a while. I think you know these are what happened to him this weekend is just a huge stage. He's a two-time winner on the DP World Tour, so. He'll be back. He's only 24 years old, and uh, certainly he doesn't have to worry about ball speed. Yeah, certainly doesn't have to worry about ball speed at all. And, you know, I'm looking ahead now to the 2024 President's Cup team because, you know, he'll be a staple on that side for sure, given the way he's playing. And, and speaking of the President's Cup team, speaking of international players, how about the performances by Team Canada this past week at TPC Sawgrass? Tie for 13th for both Adam Svensson and Adam Hadwin. Svensson had a two-shot lead after 36 holes. Saturday's third round didn't go the way he had planned. But, Mark, overall, how impressed were you by both of these at the Players' Championship. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're kind of kicking in another door for a new era, a, a, a new era of Canadian players on the PGA Tour because, you know, for the last three, four years, we've been talking, you know, strength in numbers. we got so many Canadian flags out there each week. we got to be all proud of ourselves. And then we were saying, well, yeah, but the next step is we, we need to start piling up some wins and getting multiple winners and we got to start getting more names in big events you know grabbing w's at you know 
opposite field events or, or fall series is is not necessarily we gotta take the next step. Well, here we are. We got Mackenzie Hughes with a win. We got Adam Svensson with a win. We have Nick Taylor with a second place finish uh, at the WM Phoenix Open and taking down John Rahm and only losing to Scotty Scheffler. And now here we are at the Players Championship with multiple multiple Canadians contending, playing well. And we're going to have a ton of Canadian flags again uh, at Augusta. So I think we've, we've taken that next step. And I'm curious to see how many more wins we can add this year. I expect more Canadian victories at some point this season. I expect guys to contend in big events again. So uh, I didn't get to see much of the Canadians this week with the exception of Adam Svensson. I was with them all day on Saturday, and I saw him Friday afternoon. And the real difference for Adam between Friday afternoon and Saturday was he was hitting 80% of his fairways through Thursday-Friday golf. And when he's in the fairway, look out. I mean, he was on fire with the irons. He was putting well. And all of a sudden on Saturday, he was hitting it all over the map and just couldn't get the golf ball in position. If he hadn't been able to keep it in the fairway on Saturday, I think it would have been a much different moving day that we saw for Adam. Uh, and that was all it was. The driver just left them. He just couldn't get it in position out of the gates on Saturday. But overall, what what a week for Team Canada. Yeah, what a week for Team Canada. And with that performance by Svensson, he moves up to 11th in the FedEx Cup standings. Hadwin moves up to 47th. So now, Mark, there are four Canadians inside the top 50 on the FedEx Cup standings, which is very impressive right now. But one player who's not inside that top 50 right now is Corey Connors who's at 90th. Now, Connors, of course, has a great track record at the Masters. Three straight top tens at Augusta National. My question to you is, what is going on with Corey Connors? Because 2023 has just not been his best so far. Okay, so what's his best performance so far this year, Adam? Is it? I'm going to say it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational, yep. likely, off the top of my head, okay? Yep. And what was the one thing we got at the Arnold Palmer Invitational that we haven't had necessarily week in and week out on the PGA Tour this year? We got four days of a real brutally hard golf course. Maybe Thursday not as hard as the rest of the week, but Thursday you wouldn't call easy. And then Friday to Sunday was brutal. Mm -hmm. And his ball striking was on point, and it was his best finish. I think, I, I think Corey's having a hard time scoring. I think he's had a, having a hard time putting it in the hole. And we showed up here at Sawgrass, and Thursday, these guys chewed apart Sawgrass. We saw bogey-free 64. We saw, I mean, we saw so many good scores at Sawgrass earlier, early in the week. I think, I think Corey might be a little uncomfortable right now when he knows that the golf course is for the taking, that, that he needs to be at a golf course where par's a good score, where 68's a good score, 69. Because if, if, it's a, if it's about ball striking, I think he's comfortable. If it's about let's go make eight birdies, I, I don't necessarily think he's comfortable right now. He's got to fix this because that's, you know when he's at his best, he can play good golf everywhere. And let's be honest, the PGA Tour, well, it only gives you a couple of, a couple of events a year, Adam, where – it's brutally hard outside of majors. So I don't know. what. What's your take? That's the only sense I can make of this is that why would he do so well over that stretch at Bay Hill 
and not be able to perform elsewhere. I, I mean, that's what I've come up with. What, what do you come up with? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. And, you know, he's a guy who notoriously has been one of the great ball strikers on the PGA Tour. And as of right now, those those numbers, tee to green, just aren't there as we speak. His short game also hasn't been great, and that always has been the weakest part of his game. But, I mean, hopefully he can, you know, step it up here. He's 90th in the FedEx Cup right now. He needs to make a big run. I'm sure he's seeing these other Canadians who are doing very well and things I want to you know get into that realm and that ballpark too and we're heading into a big part of the schedule where he has had success before you think of the Valspar championship 2018 when Tiger Woods was making his return when he almost won that tournament well Corey Connors was right in the mix there too of course the Valero Texas Open the next week Connors went on to win it in 2019 as first and only PGA Tour victory so I'm really curious where Corey Connors does go from here I'm still expecting big things because when he is on his game he is one of the top ball strikers on the pga tour period okay mark you're gonna stick around on the other side i want to ask you about tom hoagie so we'll get into tom hoagie uh, setting the new course record at tpc sawgrass and of course we have winners weird and what because there is a whole lot of wacky going on in the world of golf at tpc sawgrass this is golf talk canada this segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Mark Sacchino on the phone as we recap the Players' Championship. Now, before we get to winners, weird and what, Mark, I want to ask you about Tom Hoagie because here's a guy who goes out, sets the new course record at TPC Sawgrass, a scintillating 62 on Saturday. He was 12 under for the final 36 holes, tying for the lowest ever for the final two rounds. He made TPC Sawgrass look like a pitch putt on Saturday, didn't he? Unbelievable, Adam. I had the pleasure of calling that course record on Saturday afternoon. And when you think about the fact that he made the cut on the number, it's the greatest finish in the history of the Players' Championship from a player who made the cut on the number. No one's ever moved that high up a leaderboard making it right on the line. He was first in stroke skein approach on Saturday. First in proximity on Saturday, he was eight shots better than the field. Strokes gained tee to green across the weekend. Absolutely crazy. Ball striking machine. And he opened this tournament with a 78. I asked him what happened. I, I spoke to him Saturday. I go, what happened? He goes, I found a little something, just a little swing thought that he wouldn't let us in on. Some of these guys are superstitious. You know, they, they don't want to talk about what they think they found. He found something Friday, rode it Friday, and it really caught into the groove on Saturday and stayed with him throughout the weekend. I mean, what a performance. And when you think about the log jam, there was nine guys in the history. There was Next year will be the 50th anniversary of the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. This year, out of the 49 Players' Championships we've had, 41 of them were contested or have been contested at the, at the Players' Stadium course in Sawgrass. The previous eight were contested across the road at Sawgrass Country Club. 
The course record held by nine guys, including Fred Couples, Nick Price, Greg Norman. I'm, I mean, we're talking legends of the game. And Tom Hoagie comes out, 10 birdies, no bogey, 62. His name now above the rest. New gold standard at the stadium course. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to see, and, and especially that birdie he made on his final hole, the ninth hole on Saturday. Could have gone for the par five and two. Instead, elected to lay up to a good wedge number, hit that to about 12 feet, rolled the putt right in. Very impressive from Tom Hoagie. Okay, now time for our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What. And Mark, this week, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Adam, the truth this week is the winner, without a doubt, is Mary Scheffler. Mary Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler's 88-year-old grandmother. I'm complaining to Heather at night. This is Golf Talk Canada. My feet are throbbing from my 15,000 steps. Boo-hoo, Zucchino. Get out there and do your job. Mary Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler's grandmother, 88 years old, she walked the entire course with Scotty, her grandson, every day for four days with her walker up and down hills, up and down uh, cart paths, tee to green, to watch him win the Players' Championship at 88 years old. Man, if we could only be half as healthy as that at 88, we'll all be winners. Adam, I don't know if you saw it, but Scotty Scheffler's family, his dad is an absolute beauty, one of the best you'll ever meet. His family's unbelievable. I never had the opportunity to meet Mary until this weekend until I saw her out there. I mean, it just keeps getting better, but pretty impressive, no? Oh, v- very impressive to see. And it was awesome, too, that, you know, after Scheffler went on to win, the amount of family members he had uh, who were all there ready uh, to cheer him on and congratulate him on the victory, on winning $4.5 million, too. And I believe Scheffler spoke after, too, but how he was going to celebrate. And I think Grandma was setting up uh, a nice little dinner with uh, some desserts as well, which Scheffler was very excited about. <laughs> there you go. All right. By weird this week, this is a beauty because you know we talk we talk about live, and you know there's you know it's kind of it cooled off a lot on a week like this, which is great because it's it's a major. Whether people want to talk about it as a major or not, it's the best field in golf. It's it's one of the best TV properties because people get you know they know the shots, they wait for the finish. And, I mean, people love the Players Championship. Well, the defending champion wasn't there. Cam Smith. Or was he, Adam? Because on Saturday, he played a nine-hole golf course called the Yards, which is just down the road from PPC Sawgrass. It's close enough where you can hear the roars from 17, 18. I mean, you got to think he was having FOMO, and you got to think there were rumors. I I didn't see him. There were rumors that he was going to come out to the grounds on Sunday. That's how much he missed the Players' Championship, was actually going to buy a ticket. And if you believe in the rumblings, there's a lot of guys out there on the Live Golf Series right now that are having buyer's either buyer's remorse, A, or B, feel like they've been blindsided and lied to by Greg Norman. Because Harold Varner III has told associates close to the PGA Tour that Greg Norman told him, don't worry, you're not going to miss a start on the PGA Tour. So, 
I don't know, Adam. I think there's lots going on there. there. Where there's smoke, there's fire, buddy. Yeah, you know what? There's there's a lot of that, and it's it's too bad Cameron Smith didn't show up and and as a as a fan because I mean he he he'd stick out pretty easily. I mean, not many people have mullets <laughs> walking around there with a straight brim hat too. But I mean, Cameron Smith. I mean, it's 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 it is too bad to a degree that the defending champion wasn't there playing this week because we think back to last year, Mark. You were there on location. How wild that Players Championship was, but the shot. Cameron Smith hit on the 17th hole last year to that right pin to make birdie too. It was very impressive, but uh, you know, definitely a weird one that he was playing golf just around the corner from TPC Sawgrass this time around. All right, my what this week, Adam? Now I didn't have a horse on Sunday. I lost my horse on Saturday when I had Adam Spenson. He was in our movie, we call it, in the broadcast. And on Sunday, I didn't have a horse because Freddie Albers was covering Scotty Scheffler all week, so he stayed with him. And Tom Wormy was covering, uh, he was with Cam Davis uh, most of the week, so he picked up that penultimate group. He was also with Minwoo Lee, so it was like, well, what's Zacchino going to do on this broadcast? Well, sure enough, I pick up Max Holma and Tyrrell Hatton. And when Tyrrell Hatton made the turn at even par, he was projected even par on the day. He was projected to make $143,000 in this tournament. Now, we should reinforce this is the largest purse ever in PGA Tour history and the largest first-place prize in PGA Tour history, minus the FedEx Cup $15 million bonus pool. We're just talking mm-hmm. PGA Tour standard prize, standard purse. Hatton goes on to shoot 29, a record on the back nine with one of the best birdies you are ever going to see on the 18th hole from darkness in the trees. He hits a 40-yard slice that he starts at the water, knocks it to 10 feet, knocks it in. He goes from 143 grand, Adam, to 2.7 million in nine holes. What a back nine for Hatton. Amazing to watch. Fun to call. Very cool. All right, Scully, the teaser is now yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Oh, Mark, let me tell you, there were some drives where I was just in Florida that were a little longer than 348. So we, we, we got some ball speed back. I just want to tell you that. But uh, we'll get into that maybe, maybe a little later. Maybe we'll save that for another segment, another show. Anyways. My winner this week goes to Jordan Spieth. And you think Jordan Spieth, you know, T19, why is he your winner? Well, Friday during the second round, he's on the ninth hole, which is his 18th hole, a par five, and he hits this ball going way right. And I mean way right. It's going into the middle of a water hazard. But then, oh, wait, he sees his ball bouncing in the fairway. And you might think, how did that happen? Now, at the time, Jordan Spieth was on the cut line. If he makes bogey, he's going home. He is done so. He won't be involved in that largest purse like you mentioned, Mark. But his ball hits a fan, 23-year-old Marine named Matt, bounces back in the fairway. Spieth hits his approach shot up near the green. And what does he do from there? He chips in for eagle. I mean, what a bounce back there from Jordan Spieth. But the best was after that Friday second round where he said, I'm going to get this guy's information because I'll give him anything because anything I get this weekend is all as a result from him. Now, Matt, the 23-year-old Marine, like I mentioned, he didn't get hurt. He was totally fine. Jordan Spieth got him two tickets for the weekend rounds, and he also got him a flag from the Players' Championship saying thanks and sorry. This is just an awesome story. Mark, did you see this one? (laughs) 
I did. I picked that up, and I thought to myself, that was very Canadian of George Speed. Thanks, <laughs> and sorry, right? I love it. Yeah, that, that was awesome from Jordan Speed. The T19 finishes Saturday 66 to really get into the mix. Uh, that was awesome to see. Now, you mentioned some high scores there earlier, and that's where I'm going with my weird. And some time and time again, you know, we saw Tom Hoagie shoot 78 during the first round of the Players' Championship. Goes on, has a great last three rounds to finish inside the top five. Max McGreevy, three under 69 on day one. You think, yeah, he's, he's playing pretty well, right? Eh. Round two, Mark, he birdies his last hole to shoot 89. 89. This isn't the C-Flight Club Championship. This is the PGA Tour. How on earth does a PGA Tour player shoot 89, 20 shots worse than the 69 on day one? I thought this was nuts. I, well, Adam, I got to tell you, so I spoke to Justin Rose earlier in the week because I was able to work that Morgan Stanley right. event again this year with Justin Rose. And I asked Justin, What's the difference between the Players' Championship in March and the Players' Championship in May? And he said two things. The discrepancy between good rounds and bad rounds are wider in March because of harsh wind conditions. And the course can change its colors faster within the blink of an eye in March, unlike May. And it was on full display, to your point, Thursday to Friday, you look at guys like Chad Ramey, first-timers, guys seeing this place really for the first time in competition, they'll go out there on Thursday in perfect calm conditions and it's sunny and warm, and he lollygags it for a 64 bogey-free, shows up on Friday and everybody gets their head kicked in. I mean, I'm with you. This course was so much fun this week because you didn't know if you were getting Jekyll and Hyde. And look at, it, look at, look at Sunday afternoon. Hatton goes out and shoots 29 on the same back nine of all those guys imploding in front of, uh, in front of uh, Scotty Scheffler. You know, Aaron Rye, uh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Cameron Davis, all those guys blowing up in front of Scotty Scheffler were playing the same nine holes as, as Hatton shot 29 on. That's the beauty of the place. That really is. And, you know, taking a look at McGreevy's back nine there on Friday. Bogey, par, bogey, double, triple, double, par, double. And birdie. I mean, I I know he definitely didn't want to post a number with a nine in front of it to shoot 90. So an 89 for Max McGreevy. And, yes, he did obviously miss the cut. Now, in our last segment, Mark, we're going to our what now. And we, we spoke about Min Woo Lee and the way he generates so much ball speed, so much club head speed. And you might think, you know, how long can that last? Will injuries happen? Well, something did happen to Min Woo Lee during Friday's second round where he had a muscle cramp, where he almost went down after a shot. A muscle cramp had happened in his right calf. And I'm sure many people watching this on TSN 2 or listening on TSN 1050 have experienced this, perhaps not on the golf course, but a muscle cramp. They're not fun to to go to you know have at any point. And he had some fun with this after his round, uh, and he changed his Twitter profile picture to him sort of wincing with this muscle cramp. Uh, he tweeted it out saying, uh, "New profile pic. Hashtag pickle juice. Hashtag cramps. Hashtag I'm not an athlete. Hashtag mustard. Hashtag electrolytes." Now we've seen NHL players take mustard packets and you know suck them really to you know get some electrolytes in them. Pickle juice does really help too. Mark, have you ever had a muscle cramp on the golf course? Uh, never on the golf course, but they are brutal. Uh, and it's funny, Adam, I was with him. It's the only time I was with him all week. They said, Mark, go pick up Min Woo Lee at 14. So I call him on 14. 
We get to 15. I don't see the tee shot. I'm out in the fairway waiting for to see it land. I go up to the green. Next thing I know, he's sitting in the middle of the 15th fairway in some bizarre yoga pose, <laughs> and he's got a trainer walking with him for the next three and a half holes, rubbing his cap. I'm like, what happened there? But once I saw this guy swing in slow motion at him, I'm surprised he's able to walk at the end of 15th holes. Yeah, well, we've seen uh, Luke Wilson, who does a lot of coverage here on TSN and Overdrive. He he was doing a podcast recently, and he had a muscle cramp mid-podcast, which he, almost resulted in him lying <laughs> straight down. But Minwoo Lee, uh, this was uh, you know a good sense of humor here from Minwoo Lee and a great finish here uh, by the 24-year-old Aussie as well. Now, Bark, before we sign off, before we preview our show on Wednesday, we're here on TSN 1050 and on TSN 4, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We'll have an announcement later this week on how you can get involved. But can you give us a little teaser on maybe what we can expect for 20 weeks of TaylorMade this summer? We have doubled the prizing from 20000 to 40000 in prizing. Casa de Campo is back for the grand prize. You get the custom set TaylorMade through the bag plus the five-star trip to Casa de Campo for you and a friend. And it is going to be done through our PGA Tour Fantasy Golf Pool. It's going to start Masters Week. It is going to be the best fantasy golf pool on the planet. You can play for the season long for prizes. You can play for weekly prizes. Anybody who participates in the grand prize. And on Wednesday, we're going to let you know how you can register to play. It's free. It's fun. We've got the overdrive team involved. We've got the morning team first up involved. We've got the entire TSM family on this. It's going to be a blast. Play if you want to win close to 20 uh, close to 40,000 in prizing and have some fun get involved going to start masters more details wednesday on tv and radio scully well it's safe to say 20 weeks of taylor made is much bigger much better coming up here in 2023 mark i know it's been a very 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 busy stretch for you uh thanks for joining us this morning go enjoy uh maybe uh you know a golf swing or two maybe some stack system maybe a nap maybe you should take a nap this afternoon because it's been a very busy time we'll see you on wednesday for both radio and tv thanks for your time today Thanks, Scully. Brunello in the future. Ciao, my friend. <laughs> that is Mark Zacchino, who is covering the Players' Championship for PGA Tour Radio. And how about that 20 weeks of TaylorMade? You don't want to miss our Wednesday show, and we have much more on how you can get involved with 20 weeks of TaylorMade in 2023. On the other side, we'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we'll wrap up today's show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up today's Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully here in studio. Time for leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in the world of golf. Scotty Scheffler 
gets it done. The Players' Championship, a five-shot victory. Already six career PGA Tour wins for Scheffler and his second of 2023. Next up for Scheffler will be the match play in a couple weeks. Then, of course, the Masters and He's defending both of those titles. It's been a very impressive run for Scotty Scheffler. A couple Canadians in the top 15, Adam Svensson, Adam Hadwin, both finishing T13 at the Players' Championship. Of course, Svensson had the two-shot lead after 36 holes, too. So a very impressive run for both Canadians. Next up for us here on Golf Talk Canada, we will be back Wednesday, 10 a.m. on TSN 1050. We'll recap uh, everything going on in the world of golf. We'll preview the Valspar Championship from an edge fantasy angle. We'll have all the fan duel odds for the Valspar Championship. And then we're on TSN 4 at 1 p.m. on Wednesday, where we will recap the Players' Championship. We'll look ahead to the Valspar Championship. We'll also so go one-on-one with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Bob had a chance to catch up with the commissioner last week at TPC Sawgrass. Of course, it was a very, very busy week, both on and off the golf course for the PGA Tour. Well, this has been a fun one for us, both on TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by adidas golf and the tour 360 22 tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the tour 360 fit while the spike more traction system will help golfers stay locked in thank you for listening to gtc don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at golf talk canada for show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.